Warrior Woman, welcome back to the Warrior School podcast. This is episode 131. Today, my guest is Lucas Aaron. Lucas has been a coach for over 15 years. He's also a dad, a husband, and a business owner. And I have been following Lucas for a long time. He's also Carson's coach right now, which is super cool. So I asked him a few months ago if he would jump on the podcast. I wanted to put him in the hot seat and ask him all about flexibility and why it's so important if we want to get stronger and feel great in our body. Lucas went from being an injured power lifter that couldn't move to doing the full splits in all three directions. His flexibility is actually very cool. He lives and understands all things range and strength. He's the creator of Range of Strength, a coaching membership that helps people become more flexible and stronger. So today in our conversation, we chat about Lucas's work, so his training philosophy, which I love. You know, I love his work. Uh, it's been really cool to see his philosophy come to life through Carson's training. Uh, and we talk about flexibility, which as you know, you know, I love talking about flexibility and mobility. So we chat about like, what is flexibility? What kind of stretching is the best? You know, how should we stretch? When should we stretch? We talk about mobility. Uh, Lucas explains the difference between flexibility and mobility. Uh, and, you know, the thing that I really wanted to talk about is why flexibility is so important in helping you build a strong foundation. Then we chat about how Lucas structures some of his sessions. We riff on a few like skills. So we talk about the squat and his process and his method behind helping people squat really well. Lucas has a beautiful squat. He's helped Carson so much with his squat. So we actually talk about how he structures his sessions and then some of the misconceptions around flexibility and mobility. Love a misconception, love myths. Uh, and we finish uh, with talking about his work. So his work through the range of strength community, his workshops, his, his podcasts that uh, he has. So Worry Woman, I really hope you enjoy this conversation on why flexibility is a key part of building a strong foundation and body with Lucas Aaron. Welcome to the Warrior School podcast, the podcast for women who train. I believe following a plan that works with your body and has a timeline of years is the future of women's training. I also believe women can train hard. We just need to learn how to do it in a respectful way. So Warrior, this is your go-to show for practical information on training, nutrition, hormones, and performance. Myself and tons of experts will help you create a training strategy 
that works with your body and gets results. I am your teacher, Amy Bow, coach, dietitian, and the creator of Warrior School. Okay, Warrior Woman, let's do this. Okay, there we go, Lucas. That's our green light. Welcome to the Warrior School podcast. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, well, we're on the same side uh, of the world. We're in the north. Uh, we're just on different sides of the country. <laughs> yeah. And we yeah. were just talking about sunshine, how we both find ourselves being lizards uh, <laughs> and wanting to be in the sun as much as possible. Lucas is sitting outside right now while we're recording this, trying to get sun. <laughs> yeah, I think most Canadian residents uh, feel that way in the summer times. We just want to enjoy it while we can for a short period of time before we bundle up back inside and <laughs> go see up next to a fire because of all the snow. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's a nice time of year for sure. I just, yeah, being outside as much as possible. Training outside too, you know, that's something I've started doing more in recent years. Uh, just, you know, getting outside and if it's, you know, body weight stuff or if I'm throwing weights around or whatever, just like that's fun to do as well too. Like taking your physical activity outside even, right? Um, it's an important time of year to get into that kind of stuff as well. Yeah. One of my favorite things is taking the gymnastics rings and hanging them in a tree. Yeah. 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 Uh, so I was thinking this morning, uh, when I was thinking about our conversation today, when I first came across you and it was years and years and years ago when you were body weight strength dad or body weight dad. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. cool. Yeah. That was a little bit ago. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I lived in Melbourne for seven years. Uh, and so, uh, a lot of my coaches and teachers and mentors were very much into like movement culture in the movement world. And, and somehow, and I can't remember exactly when it was, but it was a while ago that I came across, yeah, your work or your journey, I guess, um, into body weight strength. And then yep. just recently, I think it's been what, a year and a half or so Carson. So my lover has been working underneath you, um, and then, yeah, you kind of came back uh, on my radar and I wanted to get you on because I want to talk about mobility and flexibility. <laughs> and, <laughs> uh, it's been such a big part of my story and my practice. Um, and I and it's so important, I believe, in building a really strong foundation and a really strong, capable body. So I, I want to get you on to be on my side because for so many people, it's like, it's hard and it's not sexy and it takes a long time. And so I really want to talk about that today and the importance of it. Um, but sure. I'd love to start with you telling us a little bit about your world and your mm. life. Uh, like currently, maybe you could go into a little bit of your journey from being, you know, body weight dad into what you mm. do now. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so I've been practicing now as a, a trainer and a coach for I think it's coming on 20 years so it's been a long time uh, and I've never been I guess one to just be set in one way of doing things and I think that has to do with just what's happened to me along the way um, originally I was more powerlifting strength conditioning focused coach um, really that was what I kind of had 
put all of my identity into and the people that I worked with and trained. And I just ran, ran into a bunch of injuries, some more severe than others, and kind of looking for ways to escape that. Like, okay, what am I actually doing here? Uh, you know, started having a family and moving into a different phase of my life. And I wanted to get more out of my physical practice and what I could offer people. It's like, you know, if I can help myself, I can help others more. And that was around that time with the body weight dad thing, that was kind of on the back end of a transformation from a pretty bad injury I had had uh, in powerlifting. And that body weight dad journey was like the first presentation of this kind of change, which involved a lot of, uh, body weight, strength, movement, movement itself, flexibility, mobility. And even through that time, I don't know if you, you were following me from the start there, I was still more new to the flexibility journey. Like I was kind of presenting like, yeah, strength and body composition stuff, but flexibility was like, I'm doing all this flexibility work. And uh, that kind of led to some greater accomplishments with like splits and back bending and things. And um I think that's where I'd started connecting the dots more with what I had to kind of create as a foundation for what I wanted to teach people and how I wanted to get people to like where they want to be. I think a lot of people, when they come to a coach or a trainer, they don't necessarily know what they want. They have an idea because it's just what they see presented to them, but it may not be the direction that's best for long-term. So that's where flexibility really resonated with me the most. And that is what range of strength is now. It's it's basically like flexibility is the foundation and, and it's a culmination of all the other things that have been in my uh, life and in my practice. Like lifting is still there. The body weight stuff is still there. But the big take-home message is flexibility is like the foundation of all of this. So yeah, that's a little bit about how we got to where we are today and uh, what you see on the social medias. Yeah. Uh, can you talk a little bit about like your, I guess you could call it a philosophy or a belief or, you know, for me, when I think about training, there is like this foundation of training needs that, you know, we build upon. Uh, and I would be super interested to know, you know, when you're teaching, do you teach like a, you know, and you talk about flexibility being that foundation. Can you talk to that a little more about what that means to you and what it looks like? Well, flexibility to me is strength. And that's, I think, where the, the range of strength name itself gets that message across more. Like if it was like flexibility of strength, it might not. Like people still, I think, are in this process of like understanding flexibility more than uh, it's been presented in recent years. It's, it's a lot deeper than what it's shown as like this passive um, range of motion. That's not really something that we need, but it's more than that to me. It's everything. Um, flexibility, strength, um, the range that you can express your flexibility uh, and, you know, all the things that you want to do around that kind of fall into that category. I think it's, it's getting better, but uh, in the last couple of decades, flexibility and from my own findings it was it's been poorly defined and presented uh which has made things a lot more confusing for people in terms of like understanding what they potentially need or want 
Um, and a lot of people thinking that flexibility is something that they don't necessarily need. They need more strength. It's like, well, the capacity to move in your strength is what you need, which requires the flexibility. And that's where that message kind of comes back to flexibility being the foundation. So I think in getting back to like how we present the term flexibility and what that looks like, mobility has become a, a very popular term uh, in the last decade or so. And it's, it's been presented as like the strength piece to flexibility, but it's still flexibility, like your ability to move in this full range of motion with control versus passively. And we need both of them. Um, so yeah, that's, I think we're, we're getting in a better place with it. Um, you know, coaches like yourself and, you know, bring, pushing that message out and trying to, sometimes I, I get lost in my own inner circle of people that are like really on par with this. <laughs> and then um, I realize there's still like a whole world of people out there that don't really understand the process of establishing strong flexibility. And uh, it's funny because if sometimes my content creation nowadays will be, be so basic because I want to talk to that audience that hasn't kind of grasped that yet. And those um, messages or posts or interactions tend to be the ones I still get the most interaction on. Like just talking about something very basic about flexibility and people are still like, what do you mean? I don't understand this. And it's uh, so it's, I guess in a way there's still a lot of work to do. Um, but yeah, I think that's where I see like the flexibility piece coming together is like the whole, not just the one. Um, and it kind of starts with understanding its own like pieces where it's not just one thing, it's kind of everything. And uh, yeah, that's kind of how I've been presenting a lot of my messaging recently. Yeah. Um, there's a few things that I want to dig into. Uh, the first thing I think what, what would be helpful is just to to go over again the difference between flexibility and mobility or do you see a difference and then what is what is passive flexibility and active flexibility and you know where where do they come into play how do you use them how do you play on them uh i think yeah well i think that would be helpful to dive into mm -hmm. because so many people would think of flexibility of just doing a passive stretch um and then even, you know, they, they might think of mobility as maybe a little bit more active, but I, let's get like super clear on, you know, what, what they actually mean. Well, the term mobility basically has been presented as a way for us to understand the separation of passive and active. That's really where this derived from. It's like trying to get a message across can be difficult when you know, certain research that was presented and blown way out of proportion with flexibility. This really is what happened is like, there was some really poor uh, work done with regards to passive ranges of motion or stretching in and of itself leading to poor force and power output. Like that's kind of like the big, everything started changing. People were like, oh, we don't need to stretch. We need to do active flexibility or active. Actually, let's not even call it flexibility because that makes people feel like they're getting weak or some. It's kind of crazy how this kind of snowballed. It's almost like the, the you know, flexing your back is bad kind of snowballed from animal studies and pigs and stuff. It's kind of flexibility was the same. This certain research came out, it was just blown up. People were blowing this up. And so now all of a sudden terms start changing. We're going to call it mobility instead of active flexibility. And if we look at what flexibility is and we try to 
categorize it in, the, in a way where we can better understand that it's, it's everything. It's literally a squat with heavy weight is a flexibility exercise. It comes down to understanding that um, it's active, it's static, it's dynamic. And if we just look at it that way, we can come to um, terms with it being everything. So uh, passive static flexibility would be not moving in a stretch that feels um, quite accessible for us. So we can just get into a stretch position, doesn't feel difficult, doesn't feel like we're working very hard. Now, when I try to explain passive stretching and how we want to go deeper with that to students, it's, it's easy to just call it passive stretching, but there's going to be components of active stretching involved for us to learn how to go deeper, but it's just easy to call it, you know, static, passive. Um, when we get into static, active, we could even just look at not moving, but being in a more active position. So even that isn't really mobility, is it? Because mobility is movement, right? So static active flexibility is a strength exercise. You could categorize it as isometric training, but we're we're training longer, like in longer positions, we're finding more length in that uh, static active position. Now, when we look at the dynamic active, which is basically mobility, so it's moving through ranges of motion with control. That's where we can start thinking about dynamic active flexibility, you know, being a component of everything. So it's just the terminology where, in my opinion, from what I've studied and what I've learned, we just got away from using the term flexibility because everyone thinks it's useless, but it's really everything. So mobility is dynamic active flexibility. Uh, passive static is more relaxed stretching. Passive active is more intense stretching or just isometric approach to stretching. But if we're doing it right, it has this, the components all within it. So it's, it's a lack of understanding flexibility training. Um, and even when we look at some of the research that is, you know, showcasing that it's maybe of less importance, there's really a lot of holes there where it's like, well, who's actually administering the exercises and do they actually understand how to stretch, right? It's one thing to say like, oh, we did this in uh, research and, you know, we did this passive stretching protocol versus it's like, well, what was the protocol? And like, it's really hard to find the teachers that know how to teach flexibility. And it's when you find those people and you realize that we just don't really know how to approach it. And it's just not clearly defined because it's been mixed up with all these other terms. So I think, you know, that's where I still don't mind using the term mobility because it's still like, it's so big now and broad that it's like, as long as you understand that mobility is flexibility, and it's easier for you to just categorize it that way so that you understand the active and, and passive components. Um, but it, at the end of the day, it's it's all flexibility. So it's a little easier, I think, for us to just say that flexibility strength training is you know really what we're trying to do because um, we're, we're trying to create that strong range of motion and it's all flexibility. So I think that's probably uh, a good way to think about it. And a good reference, I think, for people is still, I talk about this, like, every month or so, I try to bring up Thomas Kerr's Stretching Scientifically. Um, he was a pioneer in the flexibility game, and he was really presenting this really well um, during his time. And everything he's presented is still very current and applicable to 
how you should approach your flexibility. So um, that's a great reference for individuals that want to just get a little more context to that. Um, and he presented flexibility as the whole. Do you believe that flexibility is an essential part of a training practice of building a strong, capable body? Well, uh, yeah, of course. And I think when you understand what flexibility is further, you just see it in all programming. So, you know, regardless if it's been defined that we're training flexibility, when you look at uh, strength training programs, there's flexibility components in there. And once you start seeing that, you can start visualizing how you might organize and create programming structure in a way that moves someone closer to gaining strength in their range of motion, which when it comes to uh, trying to find out what your goal is, if you're not an athlete competing in some kind of specific task, but you're just a human who wants to be strong and capable, I mean, that's the ultimate goal. I have range of motion and control through my full capacity of my body. You can understand how, to organize your training in a way that just moves you towards that. It's kind of like seeing that big picture. It's like, it's just all flexibility training. Yeah. I think it's, uh, you know, from my experience, I've been coaching now for, I think 13 or 14 years. Um, it's a really hard link for people to, to connect or, or then even accept that, you know, yeah. it's an essential part of a practice, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it builds a foundation, you know, the, the range, what I tell my women all the time, like we need access to the movement pattern. You need to own the pattern. You need to, you know, earn the right to like, uh, move faster or lift heavier mm -hmm. or and flexibility is a tool that we can use to own the range of a pattern yep. and once we get the range of a pattern and look this doesn't happen I don't believe and you could probably speak more powerfully to this I don't think it's like step one this step two this like we build stability while we're actually working on the range do you want to yep. like riff on you know a skill like the squat and talk about how you would link in this like this approach and the flexibility into help you know build our I, I guess a stronger squat a better squat a squat that feels yeah it feels better yeah. for someone if someone really struggles with the squat how would you approach that yeah that's a good uh way to kind of get into it because when we think about it, it's like the squat's a skill to me <clears throat> so any kind of practice that's going to move us towards a skill that requires access to ranges of motion. This is where I get, you know, the question all the time is like, should I stretch in my warm up? And I think I made a post recently about this is like, you know, there is research out there and it's really um, kind of on that side that, yeah, if you static stretch only in your warm up, it could hinder your performance. So my rebuttal to that is like, well, what kind of performance are you worried about hindering? Right. So if you, if you can't access the positions, like if you're not Hussein Bolt trying to win an Olympic medal performance, but you can't access an overhead squat position, you can't access full range in your squat, you can't access these positions you're trying to get into in a session, then we're not hindering performance, we're improving it because we will be able to access it better in the session. So I think it's, yeah, it comes down to context, right? Like what are we actually trying to get done in this session? And what kind of 
performance are we trying to recreate over and over again over time? Because as we get better at accessing these positions, we may not need to stretch as much in our warm up or try to get through these um, methods like where we're trying to get the body primed for certain positions. Um, so I think that's where we might, it's what's hard for people I think is when it comes to understanding flexibility is understanding stretching. Because stretching is always the one where it's like, I don't need to stretch or it's stretching is like the, whatever, the, the one that we always think is the one that we don't need or that's bad for us or whatever, but it's just knowing how to stretch. It's a skill in of itself. How do we, uh, to me, it's like ground zero to accessing a position. So if I, if I can't access a position actively, I, I you know, I'm, I'm not going to just be, I'm, I'm just beating my head on a wall. If I'm trying to do active positions over and over again until I get in there. It's we need to learn how to get in there passively first start creating some contractions, getting the body to better understand what it is that we're trying to do so that we can transfer that into all these active positions that we want. So it's, it's relaying the message, I think, better. And like, what are we doing in the stretch and how should that look? And what's that going to do for us in the session that we have planned? But if we're, yeah, if we're talking about skill training for a skill, like a squat or a, a session that requires movement patterns to be more accessible to us, um, this is where we're going to want to be thinking about strategies where our preparatory work beforehand should give us access to positions we're trying to get into um, in the session. So I think if, you know, someone's thinking about that, like stretching is bad for me in a warm up or it's bad in general, it's like it's context. Like what is it that we're trying to accomplish? And once we can define that and get a better understanding of how to actually approach it, then we can move closer towards those movement goals. Yeah, I think a lot a lot of the time it's just like the unsexy piece because th- there's no understanding of um, the skill of stretching. And then because they haven't practiced the skill, therefore they haven't um, uh, actually felt the benefit in the movement pattern or the other skill that they're trying to get, which is like a squat. <laughs> and yeah. so it's just this, no, I want to get in, you know, for a lot of women that I work with, they just want to do the hard and like the the lifting <laughs> and like, that's the sexy bit. I'm sure it's the same in your work. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, you know, we just yeah. want to do the really cool skill, but mm-hmm. I'll often say, okay, like if you want to do the cool skill, we we have to look after the body. Yeah, we have to make mm-hmm. sure that the body has range, that, you know, the joints and the tissues are healthy, that we can activate ourselves in, in the range. And um, <laughs> I don't know. It do only looks find- cool when it's done right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. It's I was having a conversation with someone at the gym the other morning and they said something like, oh, it looks so easy. And I was just like, I just want to be like, fuck off because it's not easy, (laughs) but the art is making it look easy. And yet I think there's so much behind that art. And for me, I just believe that flexibility is part of the art of making it, you know, you watch someone lift and it looks easy. That's because they look, they're, they're doing flexibility work. They, they move really well. And to find it, uh, previously as well as like reverse strength training because what the way I look at flexibility is we're working towards an outcome in the session so if you come to me and you're like I need to improve the flexibility of my squat well the outcome in the session will be the squat so after we do all this shit we're going to evaluate how the squat's looking and feeling 
get a better sense of where we're going. I think that is helpful for people to define it as reverse strength training because most flexibility training that is moving us towards a goal like splits, we aren't really going to be in splits very much. <laughs> it's, it's all these little inputs that we're doing to create the splits. So that's what's, that's what's beautiful about it is the art of the outcome of the session. Whereas traditional strength training, the, the sexy stuff is at the start. So it's like, well, we're going to start with squats and then we're going to go through all this accessory stuff. It's like, but you can't squat. You don't know how to do that well. So we're actually going to end with squats because we're going to do all this shit that's going to make us squat move really well. And then that'll get stronger. So we don't have to do that stuff as much. So I think that's, I know that's why I think I love it so much too, is it's almost like you're kind of like a chef and you're cooking and baking something. And all of a sudden there's an outcome of, Oh, look at the position you're in. And now that you're in that position, we can actually strengthen it because you can access it really well. So I've said that to people uh, before and it's kind of connected with them. It's like, we're, we're reverse strength training. So we, and it's like that word strength, is like so powerful for people like, yes, I'm, I'm getting strong in reverse. Like, yes. That's what you're doing. <laughs> so it's yeah. Making that link to, you know, strength all the time is like where, but I mean, flexibility to me is all strength. It's like a demonstration of your capacity to move through this range of motion with strength. Um, but I think that connects with people sometimes when you sit to kind of present it that way. It's like, you know, the outcome is going to be these nice positions you really want. And then they start putting the work in. It makes more sense to them. Yeah. Could you talk a little bit about, and I know every, you know, everyone is a little different when it comes to their body and maybe their practice, but you know, we see very similar things, yeah, in the human body when it comes to trying to develop a squat pattern. When we look at the ankles, we're looking, you know, knee flexion, the hamstrings, the hip. Uh, can you like take us through a little bit of a journey? It can even be in your own training if you want around what does it what does it look like for a squat session for you? You know, what what does the prep work look like? How do you how are you starting your sessions? How do you build into this, you know, I guess the outcome or the finished meal, which is which is the squat? And then how do you end that? Like what is your dessert? We could actually break it down into like entree, main, and then dessert. <laughs> yeah, that's actually a cool way to do it. Um the entree, um always hips i i I work hips when it comes to squats more than anything else ankles you just need to understand how to use them and an astograph squat doesn't require a lot of dorsiflexion that's um i don't know why that's such a big deal for people they always think it's dorsiflexion but if you watch the best in the world olympic lifters squat astograph catch snatches really deep they're not even they're not using nearly as much ankle dorsiflexion as required all about the hips so in order for our hips to flex and extend they need to rotate um, if they don't internally and externally rotate well they're not going to flex well so this is also a process people are hitting their head on the wall because they want the hips to flex i need good flexion for a deep squat but if you don't have good internal rotation your hips just aren't going to do that so it's like you're again if you're smashing away at hip flexion and not internal rotation um, it's like a double-edged sword it's not going to improve um so rotation is always number one for me, my own practice personally. Uh, and if I'm working with someone that is working on squats, I need them to understand how to access better hip rotation, internal and external rotation, how to actually stretch that, work that, and build that tissue strong. So that's always number one. And sometimes I won't even 
if we can get a lot of headway in rotation, I won't even spe spend as much time on all the flexion bits. Um, just kind of warm those up a little bit. But that's a big number one for me. And, and the entree is going to be hip rotation work, getting everything functioning nice there. Then getting into some specific positions, maybe without the bar. So, um, you know, just I want to say body weight squat positions, but I'm usually using some constraints there. Um, I like using the band and the zercher position for body weight squats, pulling the scaps out nice. Um, teaching the pelvis rib cage relationship a little bit more. So, like understanding what we want in the squat is going to be super important. And for the most part, when people do come to me for squatting, it's about the full round squat. So, full round squat, a little different than you know wide stance powerlifting squat, which we could teach as well. And it's good to know those differences. But um, that is going to be just even starting out, just a process of understanding how we want to move our center of mass around the barbell. So if it's starting from square one, the, the main course is going to be understanding how I want you to squat, right? So, I mean, there's a lot of tips and cues that get thrown out that are really outdated when it comes to astograph squatting because it's all about like avoiding the knee valgus position. So this is kind of this big thing where it's like your glutes are weak so we, we need to not allow them to collapse in. But what is, what is that actually, what's happening there, right? Um, there's a lot like of proof when we look at how Olympic lifters squat and how they mechanically did that. And I'm always comparing to that because that's how everyone wants to move. I want to move like the strongest astagraph squatters in the world. Yeah, like they're, a Chinese oh, Olympic weightlifter. Exactly, exactly. Like what <laughs> so is it beautiful. that they're doing differently? What, what is it that they're doing differently? Well, they're always um, in a parallel position with their knees. They're never forcing their knees out because they're allowing hip rotation to occur through the descent of their squat. They're also um, allowing valgus to occur because valgus is a lengthening strategy for the piriformis and glutes. So as I come up, finding internal rotation to lock out, I create a lengthening strategy to move better through my squat. Um, so things like that, you know, sometimes, again, it's almost like first you have to erase someone's uh, shitty thoughts about flexibility. Like, listen, flexibility is what we need. And then you have to erase some of these shitty uh, cues about how to be, quote unquote, safe in a squat, which safe in a squat is some kind, sometimes detrimental to our pattern, right? So um, if I'm starting someone out, it's kind of more of that process of erasing a lot of these uh, initial thoughts about what it is that they should be doing and making sure that we're on the same page with the outcome of uh, what I want them to do and what they want to do. And sometimes they maybe don't like it and they might not come back, but at least I'm honest and, you know, that direction. And uh, I mean, the, the, what was the dessert stuff? Um, I, I mean, we could get into the whole accessory kind of training, which, I'm not a big accessory kind of guy like that old. I've kind of moved away from that. Like I used to be like that in the old strength coach days. Where I was like strength and conditioning. It was like all this intricate accessory stuff. Um, but, you know, if someone's getting a good use out of a full squat session, we might just be squatting the whole time. I might just add a hinging pattern with that just to complement all the knee dominant work. Um, you know, unilateral stuff's always good, but it's not, 
you know, 100% necessary for, you know, what we're looking for. As long as their gait is moving well and there's gait in their training, we don't have to hammer unilateral stuff to the point where they can barely walk or anything like that. So I'm always more concerned about the main course. Like I, I would, uh, I've kind of gone away from like the accessory stuff bogging down what the main goal is, right? So as long as like everything's getting executed well in that main portion of the session, the dessert stuff, we can have some fun and, you know, make things a little more exciting, add some challenges in there. But uh, not, it's not like a make or break for me that there has to be some kind of special dessert to make your squat better. It's like just squat. As long as we're like the importance of getting into some nice positions in our preparatory work and then we're squatting and we're, and we're seeing improvements, we're understanding the squat. I mean, sometimes the barriers that people are thinking about what's happening after squats like no we have to squat that's what we're doing right now and if anything out after that is, is is fine so um yeah that's a little perspective on my mind I guess yeah in the dessert uh part do you put any like passive flexibility work like at the end like are you finishing out a session with some stretching uh depends on the goal um so like if someone actually has flexibility goals like splits or things like that, you may see some integration if it based on their uh, training week and time available. Um, I have some approaches where, excuse me, I'll have uh, squatting or strength-based work integrated with deeper flexibility work um, if time is uh, a concern. Um, or just if I if I could, I always would have someone do deep stretching work on a separate day because it's <laughs> about respecting it and like making time to actually experience it. So the integrated work and integrated approach, it works well. And always I'm going to, if there's a movement goal, there'll be something in the warm up to get us to that movement goal of the session. But if someone's new to flexibility work and getting into deep stretching, um, a lot of times I will try to have a separate session for that if they have time, because I think it's like a whole, kind of experience I think that needs to be appreciated and respected like how you go about it on its own time its own separate thing kind of respecting it the same way you do your squat training or your strength training whatever that is so usually that's my preference but if not then I will integrate it within the session because of time like if it's something that's of concern but usually no um, I won't put the deep flexibility stuff at the end um, I'll try to have that on a separate day if I can. Yeah, I really like how you said that I like to put it on a separate day so there's respect there for it. Mm. Yeah, because, I mean, that's the, that's like the, I guess, traditional approach to flexibility is like doing your cool down and then everyone just hits the showers. No one does it, right? Everyone's like, oh, I'll just do it when I get home. No, you won't. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's what you see but, all the time. Yeah. It's like spending as much time on that like main course as possible mm -hmm. and then you yeah. leave no time for your dessert. Uh, mm, yeah. And yeah. Then it, yeah, so I think to frame it like that and have that perspective of, you know, if this is a skill that's really going to help you feel better in, in other movement patterns, have a stronger capable body that can carry you through, you know, the rest of your life. Like it demands respect. It demands time mm. um, and focus and attention on its own. So yeah, I really like how you, how you frame yeah. it like that. 
And I've had like some students when they start working with me will send me programs from, you know, if, if they were given programs that were more strength focused and they were like, well, this is how they organize the flexibility and stretching. And you see at the very end, it says like 10 minutes of stretching. There's not even, doesn't even tell them what to do. I'm like, okay, that's not, that's not what we're going to do. Right. And it's like presenting someone a single stretch with a single prescription uh, and then kind of adding layers to that versus just kind of a, a ballpark of like stretch your lower body for 10 minutes. Like what? Um, so, yeah, I think that's where you get people in the right mindset, having their own separate session, giving it respect and understanding it's its own discipline. And then it kind of moves forward a bit better. Yeah. One, um, the next thing that I want to talk to you about the other day, you did a video on injuries and mm-hmm. you were just sharing some injuries that you've had. And then you shared the concept of like moving through, mm-hmm. you know, moving through the injury and still doing something, not, not doing mm-hmm. anything. So yeah. I'd love for you to speak to that a little bit because, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a big, it's a massive thing. Yeah. I feel pain. I feel discomfort. I have an injury. I can't do anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's, that's, I think where a lot of people struggle with the most, right. Is like, I can't do what I was doing before. So I'm fucked. And it's like, there's a thousand things you can do. And you can some way, shape, or form replicate what the, what you like doing or were doing in a lot of different ways. So, I mean, even prior to getting really into flexibility training, I've had injuries and I worked through, right? So it's, it's, a, it's about like just kind of moving forward and then what can you do? And it, I mean, it does require a strong mindset. It requires a little bit of grit and this, you know, I, I do like the concept of anti-fragile like that's kind of what we're moving towards is like we don't want to bulletproof ourselves uh i don't think that's a good way to to move forward because like when you're thinking you're bulletproofing yourself and all of a sudden you hurt yourself you're like what the fuck i was doing everything i thought i was supposed to be doing how did i get hurt it's like no you want to become anti-fragile in that way that you know if you get hurt you can work through it you're strong you're you have grit um that's kind of like the human body we can work through things we can adapt we can you know so i think that's maybe just um i think it's more helpful for people to hear that and probably helpful for people to hear some of the insight into the injuries that even we deal with as coaches right because i mean they come to us thinking that we have all the answers and we have a lot of them we have a lot of experience but they also maybe are miscon into like thinking that we're never injured or you know because of what we do for a living that that never happens to us and it's like no we've put ourselves in situations before where we've gotten injured and this is how we work through it and you can make better relations and connections with people when i think when you can kind of be open to sharing that versus saying like oh this is how you bulletproof yourself and never get hurt kind of thing yeah we're definitely not bulletproof <laughs> No, <laughs> I've had so yeah. many injuries and you know what I often say is it's not you know because I wasn't flexible or I didn't have great movement patterns or you know it's just that sometimes we have structural imbalance in the body or sometimes we just push really hard like I had a coach yeah. that you know in Olympic weightlifting we train hard like I train hard and when you train mm. that hard 
stuff's going to happen. <laughs> stuff's yeah. going to yeah, come you can't up. Put your, yeah. Yeah. And I think we need to like put ourselves in, I think just to become stronger humans, it's nice to put yourself in an environment where you push yourself hard. Like, you know, you just you build that grit and that strength to know that you are a capable being. You're capable of much more than you know. Um, and then, you know, overcoming things like setbacks like that, you know, that's, uh, I had a thought there um, when you first brought that up, but I was, I was thinking, but yeah, I, I think that's a, a better kind of approach to things is just knowing, oh, I know what I was thinking there, where you're talking about injury, uh, the setback. And this is, I think, where I've made the connection better for people is like, think about the type of setback that someone has that has access to positions. So if, if I have access to positions and I can move around really well versus someone who's very limited in their range of motion, think of think about the possibilities I have when I'm injured versus the possibilities they have. My recovery becomes six months, theirs becomes 18 months, right? I think that also kind of can, again, it's like, okay, I'm not bulletproof, but if I have access to movement better than you know, before the injury happened, I will be have more options, right? So I think that's even a better kind of approach to that thought, right? Is the more options you have, the more you can kind of work through these little setbacks that happen, which I mean, sometimes it just happens going outside to shovel some snow, right? <laughs> Get yourself out of your house and you injure yourself. So, you know, you just can't predict it. Yeah, I like that. I like that the more access you know, you have in your body and in movements, the more you own patterns when something Mm -hmm. happens, you can move through it because you can do so many things with your body. You have access to so much more. Um, Yeah, I really like it framed that way. I think that can be really helpful. Yeah. And I also like the anti-fragile. You know, I, I think if you want to get strong, We've got to push. We've got to, you know, sometimes you just got to, you have to train hard. You have to push. Uh, and the body is always, the body's amazing. It just, you know, for me, it's just a sensation. Yeah. If it's pain, it's discomfort. Mm-hmm. It's just a sensation that's giving you information. You know, it's not a bad thing. Yep. It's actually a great thing. Yep. And I never had this. I, when I first started weightlifting, I didn't have this relationship with injury. You know, I would get injured or something would come up and I couldn't lift and I was so attached to lifting and mm-hmm. I I would go into like, you know, the pit and the dark hole and become a little dark and twisty and essentially like throw mm-hmm. a bit of a tantrum because you couldn't lift and you couldn't lift as much. But over the years, you know, the last 10 years, every injury that you have, I th- I have just learned so much and now I really welcome it. I think, oh, what Mm -hmm. a cool opportunity to actually develop more strength or more structural, you know, balance in the body that it's just a sensation and it's telling me something and I need to pay attention to it. Um, Yeah. And I like this concept of moving through it because we often get stuck of like, I can't do that thing. And then I'm going to go backwards. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I'm going to stop altogether. It's like, no, please do not stop so many options um yeah and i think uh just with what you were saying there um i just had another thought i'm losing my thoughts today it's right it's right at the end of your day it's (laughs) like 5 p.m there yeah no but i mean that's that's just it for people like 
just knowing how to push to me, uh, introducing sometimes pushing like someone and, and probably more in me- recent years now where I've become more flexibility focused, you can do a lot of that and stretch it. So yeah, we can do some, you know, traditional movements, strength stuff, keep them happy, calm, cool, collective. And I can get them in a deep stretch and I start pushing them and we start moving towards some thresholds. And all of a sudden it's like, this is really hard. Yeah. It's really, it's really hard, right? We're now exposing some of that difficult threshold stuff in a more accessible way for people. Um, and again, it comes down to that. To me, it's still that ground zero approach to end range strength, right? It's like, we're going to get into some deep stretching and, and it's, it's going to be um, a high threshold and it's a good way to introduce people to that hard work where sometimes it's always they're looking for the high stress hard work where they're running throwing and jumping and it's like well we can sit in this position stretch and we can learn what hard work is too right <laughs> so it's a nice piece of humble pie as well yeah um the thing about the practice i think a fl- like a flexibility practice or a range practice is that it teaches you so many other skills like it teaches mm-hmm. you to sit into discomfort. Um, mm-hmm. It teaches you to to connect to the body and like what is the body teaching you? What is the practice teaching you? Um, it teaches you patience and, you know, all of these things because, you know, flexibility practice is hard, especially if you not flexible at all. <laughs> it's, a, it's a hard practice. And I, I love yeah. the beauty of all of these other skills that you learn as a human, why you yeah. pursue um, flexibility. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Do you want to uh, tell everyone about your work? Can you talk about like, what do you do now? What it like, what's range of strength? What does that yeah look like? How does it flow? Well, to me, like, range of strength is you know a community of people that are making headway towards better movement um there's you know programming and things like that i have put together and i always feel like i I myself have have made the most progress when i've been kind of a part of a, a community of people kind of doing things and um a lot of or a piece of what I'm doing with range of strength is trying to create that community. So um, we have people moving towards basic flexibility targets. So the range of strength basics, is, it's a, it's kind of like an answer. I think a lot of people are looking for with like, you know, we're, we're kind of at this point where you either have no range at all, or you see people in the splits and it's like, what should I work towards to even be in the middle of that? Like, what does that look like? What kind of, what are some obtainable targets? So the basics kind of lays that out where it's like, you don't have to have the splits, but these are some good considerations for flexibility that a person should consider having access to. So at least gives you that framework of like, if I'm this flexible, I should be capable of a lot of different goals. Um, We have people working on squats. We have the old school strength camp has had a lot of uh, momentum in the last few months. So there is old time strength old school strength stuff is becoming more popular and it's becoming more a bigger piece of range of strength because it kind of brings that range of strength piece there where it's like should you just do traditional strength work or should you explore the capacities of what you can do in vulnerable positions and um regardless of how people think a lot of those things are novelty the old time approach to strength had a lot of very core, strong core principles to it that 
again, once you start going down the rabbit hole, you can kind of understand it a bit deeper uh, and understand how that practice kind of should look and unfold. So yeah, it's a bunch of stuff. <laughs> yeah. So it's a big, there's a big community there, a community of, of a lot of people that, and you do like a bunch of different programs and protocols, don't you? And you also do one-on-one -on -one work. Yeah. 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 I've always done one-on-one -on -one work and uh, the membership gives people access to the programming and coaching. So, at, you know, at a lower uh, kind of entry point, you can kind of get your feet wet a little bit, see if you like it. Because again, you know, it's a, it's a whole training discipline that I'd like to think it's for everyone, but it's just not, right? So it's good to be able to have a little bit of exposure to it, see if you like it, and, you know, go a little deeper that way, try different programs, or then maybe get a custom kind of uh, built journey. So. Yeah. And then you also have your podcast. The podcast. Yeah. And uh, there's been more energy put into the old school athlete podcast with Grayson Strange re recently. So um, he's been collaborating with me on the old school strength camp and another range guy who, you know, found his way through injury to the range approach to training. And uh, he does a lot of the same stuff as well, too. Um, so we have the range of strength podcast old school strength podcast and recently the fellowship of the range uh with emmett lewis and jeffrey wolf I mean, we've done a lot of podcasts together on the range of strength podcast as well but we've actually come together now and we're presenting like this little fellowship of range discussion yeah <laughs> emmett's yeah, a wizard to... isn't he emmett, yeah he's just yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. it's been a, a friend and a mentor of mine for a long time um it's just you know He's helped me identify my approach to the way I'm uh, doing the range stuff and bringing all those pieces together into a more traditional approach. So yeah, it's been uh, really fun. And then you have your platform. So Instagram, where you do a lot of content work. Yeah. Instagram is, is kind of the main hub for me, um, but I am putting more energy into my YouTube channel uh, recently. So um, that's going to be, you know, there's going to be more um, drawn out kind of like detailed videos being presented there. Uh, working with a guy now to put some good media together for my YouTube. Um, and those are the two main uh, places for my content right now, Instagram and YouTube. Um, but yeah. And then you're going to Australia in November. I am. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I am going to... Um, Sydney in Australia in Sydney, Australia in November. Wollongong uh, is where Ghetto Movement is, so we're doing a workshop there for two days, an intensive. And uh, I may bounce around and, and see some other people down there as well too. I'm just still confirming the details, but uh, yeah, Will is the owner of Ghetto Movement. There, we've been in contact for years, and he's been asking me to come down. Finally, I was like, I'm just going to go. We'll figure it out when I get down there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll see you there. I'm going to come. Awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, because no, I normally go home uh, every, like every November. I haven't been home for three years, but uh, yep. I'll be there in November. And so, uh, yeah, when Carson said the other day, oh, Lucas is going to be in Wollongong. I thought, yeah, I'm going to go. So I'll see you in November. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's great. That'll be cool. Even though we're both in Canada, we'll yeah. be in Australia. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's like funny is uh, my 
my following is biggest in Australia and it always has been since even the bodyweight dad days. You know, it's, I think people and kind of see the bigger picture in a way over there where it's like movement and practice and full range kind of approach to training and just becoming like better capable. I mean, it's range of strength growing in Canada and in the U S as well too, but that was also another, you know, like I know going there will, there's people I've been working with for a while and people that have been following the range of strength stuff. So it's going to be, I think a cool first experience to get out and do it where the, the following has been. So yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. The culture is way bigger in, um, in Australia than it is here mm-hmm. in Canada. Just the whole, the whole like movement culture, training culture. It's just, it's, it's huge. You know, the amount yeah. of, you know, movement gyms now that exist in yeah. Australia. Um, yeah, it's going to be cool. So yeah, it'll be a special treat for everyone there for you to come. It'll be really cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Okay, Lucas, let's finish there. Yeah. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah. Thanks so much. I really appreciate your time and your work. Uh, it's such important work. So thank you for the work that you do. Oh, thanks for having me on. It was a good chat. I'm looking forward to catching up with you more offline. Warrior Woman, thanks so much for listening to this episode. If you haven't, please give the podcast some love by subscribing now. And if you enjoyed this episode, please rate it and share it with another warrior woman. Also, if you want to go crazy, I'd love if you wrote a review for the Warrior School podcast. And also share and tag me with your biggest takeaways for the episode on the gram. Okay, warrior woman, have a great week in training. Bye for now.